Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. Tools in the toolbox. Everything we do in the gym should have options. For example, barbell movements can be substituted by dumbbells or kettlebells. It's similar to when you build a furniture, you need a variety of tools to make the magic happen. This concept of looking things as tools in the toolbox allows you to make choices in different areas of health and fitness, program design, nutrition, supplements, and more. Thank you for listening as always. Please don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Let's get this started. Tools in the toolbox. That's our topic today. Good morning, dupes. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, great. Good. It's Friday. We don't usually record podcasts on Friday, but today we are. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. And so speaking of tools in the toolbox, this um, I'm drinking an energy drink now. I don't drink it every day. I only drink it once in a while. Uh, it's the Bang Energy Drink. This Radical Skedaddle. What a name, right? <laughs> it tastes like Skittles. I haven't had Skittles in a while. And Do you like Skittles, dupes? I do like Skittles. I don't eat them a whole lot, but once I do, I can't stop. I know what you mean. It's isn't that same thing with like candy. That's Ugh. that's why like it's it's so like I don't know when you buy like a big bag of it, not like the little bag you can buy at like CVS, but like the big bag you can buy at like Walmart or <laughs> Sam's Club. Right, it's dangerous. It is because you're like oh just a couple more. Yeah, and I remember, like, you know, Halloween, right? Like, your kids go around and grab candies, and then you always dig in first to grab, like, the good ones. I have had so many moments (laughs) of trying to hide the Halloween candy from myself. (laughs) Because it's always the Tootsie Rolls. The kids don't like the Tootsie Rolls. rolls? No, I don't like Tootsie Rolls. I don't like Tootsie Rolls. I I think they're gross. But they're there. They're sitting there on the counter Mm. in the little smiley face pumpkin bucket. And you don't want to take, like, their Reese's. So you take a... Tootsie Roll. Thinking. Oh, I take the Reese's. <laughs> I take the Twix. <laughs> I take Kit Kat. Butterfingers. Okay. Now we know who the nicer parent is. Oh, you listen. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be nice to my kids so they don't get, you know, they don't get sick from eating too many candies. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm eating it for them. Yeah. But anyhow, like, so, you know, we do like the Halloween parade, right? Mm-hmm. And I order like bulk candy. Oh, boxes of it. Yeah. yeah. And on a typical day, I don't crave candy. I'm never like, hmm, I want candy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I should play the song like, I want candy. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to play it. (laughs) Yeah, we're We're better. We're better. That's for sure. (laughs) But anyhow, like I never crave candy, but. When it's around, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm going to have some. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. I think that's, you know, they intentionally do that. Anyhow, totally off topic <laughs> within the first three <laughs> minutes of the podcast. <laughs> but uh, so today I want to talk about tools in the toolbox. You know, like what I'm, um, I guess the reason why I wanted to do this is because um, in the, in, when we come to train here, it's like we use different different equipment for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Just like how, like, you know, you wouldn't use a hammer to build a house the entire way. Like, you're not going to just use hammer. You know what I mean? There's tools for different purposes. And I think 
sometimes we forget to look at it like that in the fitness industry. So maybe you're just working out at home or you're going to the gym on your own and you just kind of get stuck, you know, and then without thinking like, oh, maybe I can do this just some other way or really understanding like trying to understand why and the how of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I wanted to kind of dive right in and, and kind of have fun with this conversation uh, because, you know, obviously we have our favorite tools, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like our own personal favorite tools. And we can talk about that. I want to kind of talk about, dive into why our favorite tools are our favorite Um, but also give an example of how you can kind of switch things up on the days maybe you don't have an access to certain equipment or maybe you're just feeling a little different, which I kind of did this morning actually in my training session. (laughs) So let's let's get this started. If you had to pick one equipment, so let's say, you know what, this is a good example. I'm going away next weekend, next week Mm -hmm. to a dance teacher conference, and I actually like to work out on vacation. I find like it's, it's something that I love doing, so I either if I don't have an access to a like a hotel gym, then I'll take like a kettlebell or something with me. Usually, I guess I gave out my, my answer as to mm-hmm, what my that that tools. was mine too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we can talk about why. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, usually if I if there's a hotel like gym, I would assess and see what they typically have. Mm-hmm. Usually, they have a broken treadmill and broken elliptical. That's like a given. Somewhere we went, I think, didn't they have a mismatched? You came back to the room and you were like, okay, this is what they have in the gym. And it was only like, you know, they had like a pair of this, a pair of that, a pair of that, 125. Was <laughs> I, that? I don't remember. What yeah. It was. So, yeah, you were trying to put together a workout and, and but there wasn't, yeah. I, that was, yeah. Hotel gyms are interesting. <laughs> I've seen some like great hotel gyms. Mm-hmm. Like when we go to that, um, you know, dance convention in January, we go to Atlantic City. Yes, their gym was like masculine. It was like so nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like you had access to dumbbells, and there's a couple cardio machines, and there's ropes and everything else. Like, wow, this is, looks more like a functional gym than anything else. But then you go to like Holiday Inn. Or like even motels where they have a gym or a quote unquote gym, mm-hmm. right? The pool looks green. <laughs> <laughs> the treadmill, not even plugged in. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Don't even know if it's functioning. I remember there was one hotel that I go I go to in Salisbury when I go and do master classes. There's not even an outlet nearby where the cardio machines is, machines are. So I'm like, <laughs> how do you even use this? Like, where, what is going on here? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I find that to be interesting. Hey, if you have any hotel gym stories that you like to let us know, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know to send us, send us an email and give, give us a little story that we can share on the air. Anyhow, get back and getting back to the top. Maybe this energy drink is not doing me any favor. Yeah, today. I was wondering. You're like, Woo! yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going radically skedaddly. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. <laughs> so, dude, your favorite tool in the toolbox, kettlebell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially, so you know, we just went through all of this too with quarantine when things were shut down, when we couldn't get to the gym. There was a. Uh, 
a time when we couldn't get in here. Yeah, the kettlebell was my best friend. But if I have to give that answer to you, mm. I'll say a pair of 25s because you can do oh, a nice. lot. That's, you know, just the other day before I came to the gym. Uh, well, I was going to come to the gym and things just kept happening at home. So I thought I'm just going to get a workout in here. And I had one kettlebell and a pair of 25s and I felt good. I felt good for the rest of the day. There was a lot I could do, but definitely kettlebell. So many things you can do. Yeah, kettlebells are great, and that's one of the reasons why, like, I, um, you know, when I first was introduced to the kettlebells in the right way, I was like, this thing is awesome. You can get a lot of strength work in, and you can also get some conditioning work in. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the worst part of a kettlebell, quote, 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 unquote, workout is carrying the kettlebell to where you're doing the exercises yes. and carrying it back where you have to put it back, right? Mm -hmm. Or when you put it in your car and just the whole time it's bang, 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 yes. bang, bang, rolling around. Speaking <laughs> of which, a little tip. Do you know how to prevent that from happening? No. You see, you put a seatbelt on it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like, like it's a kid. You know what I mean? It's like a 53-pound kid or a 35-pound kid. Gotcha. You just like put a seatbelt on it and then it prevents it from rolling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And if you get pulled over, you have your kettlebell. Yeah, it's like, oh, officer, that's that's my child. <laughs> <laughs> he weighs about 35 pounds. She's just real small. She's real heavy. There's nothing underneath there. <laughs> so, yeah, tips tips to those who travel with kettlebells, because I know there are some people. Put it in the back seat with a seatbelt on, and you will not have it rolling around. And it won't break your seatbelt either. Do not put it in the back seat, like a, a back of your car, like a trunk space. Mm -hmm. That's the worst. Yep. Right. It's it like will bang around, and you'll be on the highway, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, and you just worry, like, is this gonna crack my inside of my car? Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like it is. Yeah. Yeah, because it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yes, for me, it's kettlebell as well. I just, I just, and also the, it's so easy, right? Like you don't really need a lot of space, so. Even if you are, if you have a small like hotel room mm -hmm. and that's where you can get your work in, you can take it in and get a lot of work in and then call it a day. I've done that before. Yes. So, um, but let's say, let's talk about this tool, right? So it's, we're not attached to it. Like if we had to pick one, that's what we would pick. Mm -hmm. But I want to give an example of like, so you have a program that you're following or excuse me, there's, um, there, there's movement in there that you're just not feeling that day. So let me give you an example. This morning, I have front squat in part of my program, which Fridays are squat days for me. So that's very typical. But I just wasn't feeling it. You know, like it's, you know, sometimes when you do a movement over and over and when you're trying to get stronger, that's what you do, right? Like once a week, you hit certain movements and you try to vary the load or vary the reps to try to get stronger. And I just wasn't feeling it today. So I said, you know what? I'm just not going to do a bar front squat. I'm going to go double kettlebell with 70 pounds and just crank out 10 reps. And it felt really good. Um, when you change the equipment, the way it lows onto your body changes. So the feel that you get from the movement, the benefit that you get from the movement changes as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, double kettlebell instead of bar. What else could I have done? I could have used a sandbag or a really heavy medicine ball. If I really didn't want to do a front squat, you know, I could have done like an overhead squat or I could just have switched it up to some lunging movements. Um, that's like the flexibility sometimes I think 
or some creativity sometimes I see people lacking mm-hmm. uh, when they're following their program. So I want to kind of encourage the listeners to do so. Um, <clears throat> you know, the one of the things that I think about in this term is when somebody gets hurt, right? It's like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple months off. You know, I don't know that that's the best answer. Right. There are things you can still do to continue to train um, even when you get hurt. Now, initially, you know, you may have to let it heal so then you don't make it worse. But, you know, after an injury or even a surgery, a couple weeks out, you're going to want to start to move a little mm-hmm. bit. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to just be sedentary for like a month or two and be like, bam, I'm ready to come back. Like, usually that's that causes more problems than good. Right. I always encourage people to just get moving and do things that you know you can do without hurting yourself right i think mel was a great example of that when she came back from her injury like i'm sure you had to pull her teeth to just kind of like get to the gym but you worked with her and she got stronger with what she was able to do and now she's stronger than she ever has been exactly yeah Mm -hmm. yep so i want to kind of encourage people to think outside the box even if you're like, oh, I can't use my legs because, you know, I'm hurt or I have the surgery coming up and the doctors told me that I shouldn't do these kind of loaded movements for my lower body. What upper body movements can you do to be creative? And this is where, like, having a coach could really help mm-hmm. um, because this is part of what we do, right? Um, and taking that lower body movements off the table but just focusing on the upper movements to be able to continue to get stronger. Mm-hmm. And depending on what the injury is, you know, maybe you could do, there's just so many variations that you can do. So maybe you can't do something standing because of your injury, but maybe you could do some seated work, Mm. um, still incorporating your lower body or, or I know one time (laughs) this was dreaded, but I hurt my ankle. So you had me do seated sprints and I could not wait until my ankle felt better <laughs> because I wanted to sprint again so that I didn't have to do the seated sprints anymore. Yeah. But they were so good for me in the meantime while it healed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just training in general and needs to be looked at it from a different lens. So a lot of people have goals, right? Mm-hmm. And that's usually the reason why they step into the gym whether it's like recovering from an injury or they want to take their athletics to the next level, which is very common with our youth athletes population. Or I just like moving, so I want to get a good workout in. Or, you know, whatever it may be. We also, as consumers, need to be able to evaluate and say like, so what makes sense for my goal? Instead of this, this is a program that I want to do, you know, and because the program, the purpose of the program and the goal needs to match. And sometimes it's not, it's not best suited for what they're going after per se. It's almost like you have two connecting puzzle pieces, right? Um, because usually puzzle pieces have like one end that sticks out and one end that receives, right? Mm-hmm. And and they fit together if you find the perfect puzzle pieces. But you can't just randomly pick a puzzle piece and hope that they fit. And I feel like that's what people tend to do with their fitness is here's the thing, the, the program that they market really well and they do, you know, they, they look cool. I want to move. 
So then let me pick up these two pieces and hope that it fits. But a lot of times it doesn't. So it takes time to just kind of like sit down and think like, okay, like what's the next step that I want to go? Like, what do I want to accomplish? That's where, you know, we come into play to kind of help. Um, but that's why like a lot of our programming and a lot of the population that we specialize in is different. You know what I mean? Like I, I tend to work with a lot of, there's two types of population that I tend to work a lot with athletes and people who's coming back from injury. Mm -hmm. The program designed for two are totally different. You know, there are certain things that like I'm very aware of as far as how to progress for an injured athlete. That's just coming back from an injury or injured, uh, just general population too, that I'm really aware of how to kind of, set the program design versus athletes who want to improve in their performance. That's totally two different tracks. Whereas you tend to work with general population who just wants to improve their movements or they're looking for a, a physique goal or they're just, you know, they have different goals. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the way you write programs is totally different from one from another. It's very true how we write programs for everyone um, is is very uniquely different, um, mm -hmm. even incorporating the same movements, mm -hmm. but how we execute them. And, and as far as like our group fitness class goes, like group classes, like resurrection, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we're very upfront and it's a randomized program design. You know, we try to hit different movement patterns. There's a couple conditioning days involved. So each program has its own intentions but it's not individual specific. Mm -hmm. um, but we also know like, hey, like a lot of people just need to get stronger or maintain their strength. So they don't necessarily need to continue to get stronger, but they want to maintain their strength. And they also want to be conditioned enough that like, let's say if they want to go for a run, that they can go and do that. If they want to, you know, play like a, a family activity. So let's say your family gathering happens and they're just kicking soccer balls around. You want to be able to hop in. They can do that. Uh, just like basic fitness maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what we try to target as well. So make sure that whatever program that you're following or you're thinking about following you matches the desired outcome that you have your eyes set on. And the other advice I want to give to to with that is like be patient mm -hmm. you know nothing you know make sure you find something that you can en you enjoy that you can continue to be patient and continue on that path instead of just hopping from one program to another to another to another anything else to add well as we're talking about can i move on to another tool yes absolutely i, I think it's underrated to uh -huh. our resistance bands I was thinking back a few years ago, well, it's more than a few years ago now, but we traveled out west and we flew. So, of course, I couldn't throw a kettlebell in my suitcase. Well, I could. I would just would have paid a lot to do that. <laughs> so I threw some, I, I brought uh, some resistance bands with me, and that was hmm. the only equipment that I had. And in the beginning of that trip, we were in a different place every day, and we were doing lots of traveling, and there were a lot of things. So I didn't really have time to say, hey, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour right now. So... Uh, my my workouts had to be a little more brief and I had to be able to do them anywhere and resistance bands were really great I think we were gone for 11 or 12 days but they kept me feeling good while mm. while we were gone and and they're easy to pack too yeah yeah, yeah. it's true what about like do you carry things on the nutrition end that you always have to like have with you when you travel 
So are we talking for me or for the kids? I think you hmm. would be better on this end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like vacations and business trips are a little separate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I always end up taking like, especially since I've become more plant based, I always take my protein powder with me because okay. I just never know, you know, what kind of options are going to be available for me mm-hmm. as far as food goes. And the only the one thing that I always like you know keep in mind with the plant-based diet is it's hard to ensure your protein intake True. Um, especially when you're dining out you mm-hmm. just kind of never know like when i'm cooking it's easy because then i get to add and you know can i kind of be more conscious about what i'm putting in my body so i end up taking my protein powder plus i like the flavor of it anyways <laughs> skittles so <laughs> no that's energy drink Licorice. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's one thing i definitely take I also prefer to brew my own coffee. Ah, yes, you so do. So that's like, I, so I, I know it sounds like I'm a coffee snob, but I don't like like Dunkin' coffee <laughs> or Starbucks coffee. Starbucks just uh, tastes so burnt. Right. Dunkin' just tastes like, I don't know, it's beans from 10 years ago. And uh, <laughs> so it's most like, it's most of the time, it's just not strong enough. Right. You so do I, like a, a strong coffee. I'm a Dunkin' yeah. girl. Oh, so yeah. Dunkin' black coffee, yeah. Mm. Yeah, anything stronger or better than that, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> and I also, like, I don't know about you, but as I age, I'm becoming more aware of when I'm, my body's inflamed. Mm-hmm. So on vacations, a lot of times I notice, like, men, my body's really inflamed. So I try to ensure that doesn't happen too often. So if there's small things that I can do to prevent my body from feeling that way, I will do that. Mm-hmm. And if it means like, okay, I need to take my protein powder and stuff to be able to have my protein drink in the morning, then I will. Sure. If it means I need to have my beans with me and the grinder to be able to brew my own coffee, I will. Because mm-hmm. those are really simple things that I could do. Um and it's also more cost effective. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's just, especially on vacation, like money adds up. Oh, so fast. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of try to kind of think ahead and say, think like, okay, where can I save money and what can I do to ensure like I don't feel like crap? Like mm. the last thing I want to do, especially on vacation, I don't want to feel like crap right. all day. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's that happens a lot. Yeah. As you're yeah. talking, I'm thinking if we're going somewhere that it's likely there might be some fast food stops. Mm. I think that's when I'll either have a, a protein bar or maybe I'll grab like a, a cheese stick and some fruit, something like that, maybe some nuts. So that if we do do a fast food loop somewhere, especially when the kids were younger, I'll just eat the food that that I brought because that's one of those things that makes me fast food makes me feel terrible. It's like yeah. marshmallows. They um, too. So <laughs> this is this. Is, so you, now that you brought up fast food, is there restaurants that you will not put your, and, and you will not step in oh, fast food restaurants, anything? I don't know if I could say I wouldn't step in them because with kids, it's a little hard, hmm. but for me, like McDonald's, it just doesn't, I don't feel well after I mm-hmm. eat that. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely have a list. Okay. All right. Go yeah. ahead. Let's hear your list and I'll, I'll add in. If McDonald's, in. Burger King, Wendy's. Um, 
I don't particularly care for like Chili's or Applebee's either. Any chain restaurants, I do not trust. Yeah. I just don't trust where the, the source of where the food is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, though there are a few exceptions. Like I like Panera. Mm-hmm. I also used to like Chick-fil-A. Now I don't eat chicken, so I would go in to buy like waffle fries and milkshake. <laughs> yeah, I, I am not a Chick-fil-A fan. I know that, you know, we might get some kickback for that. We might lose some listeners right there. Just for saying that you don't like Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand what the... the um, I, I have to say their chicken sandwich is pretty spot on. Their Chick-fil-A sauce is so good. Okay, so I did buy that. Uh-huh. The it's kids good. loved it. I oh didn't eat it, but the kids did. That was yeah. gone fast in the house. So, like, you know, like, when you're driving the highway and you see, like, next exit, these are the food signs, you know, like food stops. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't particularly care for sheets either. I know there's a lot of listeners who probably love sheets, but I – don't care for sheets or wawa no Um, i don't i don't really like sheets food either there's one thing i'll get it's an egg white sandwich i'll get mm. that if i'm passing through and i'm really really hungry because it fills me up but i will grab at sheets i'll grab fruit or like Mm. i said a cheese stick or something like that but it's so expensive you get a little cup of fruit it's five dollars yeah and half of it is not good (laughs) i know it's just like you know i don't know if it's like I'm I'm aging and I'm becoming grumpier, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just care about quality of the ingredients, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm not being picky. Like it doesn't need to be like farm fresh quality every time, but I just don't trust gas station quality vegetables <laughs> right, or fruits, right. and fast food restaurant quality veggies or fruits. Taco Bell, I don't trust Taco Bell either. Mm. Um, and so, like, any fast food restaurants, I avoid 100%. Um, even, like, I will I will find a better option. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, it's right. not, like, it's not a, a thought in my head as to, like, I want to step into that place. No. And their commercials don't entice me either. No. Mm-mm. You know? And so, I, um, they're, you know, I would try to find, like, a Panera. Or I would find, even Subway seems, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's and, and So there are a couple of restaurants that I just like, I don't like stepping in them because as soon as you walk in, you get their smell. Oh, yes. That's you know? very true. <laughs> Subway and Dunkin' are two that I can think yes. of off my head. Yes. I just don't like that yes. smell that, I don't know, gets absorbed by your clothes or your skin or whatever <laughs> when you step into their stores. Mm-hmm. And, a sub so. shop with the, or, you know, a pizza place with the onions. Mm. Yeah, and then you can't shake it. I can remember as a kid, my mom, whenever we would go into a sub shop, would make us, even in the dead of winter, she would make us leave our coats in the car mm. so that we didn't smell like onions. <laughs> <laughs> so We should do a podcast about that someday. So, like, healthier options at some of the fast food places. Not to say that they're good, but... Or how about you just avoid it overall? Okay, all right, all right, fine. I mean, nothing, you know, I mean, if you have to go buy fast food, I understand that. But um, I just don't, you know, like if your body doesn't feel well after eating it, you probably shouldn't eat it. Right, exactly. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that will do it for today. Uh, Thank you for listening as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.